Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy, Acton Academy Placer, and ApogeeStrong.com. Don't forget to check out our friends, too, over at DiscoverPraxis.com. And just a little bit of news on the Apogee side, man. We have officially got the 501c3 set up. That is the Apogee Strong Foundation. Uh, So now it allows you to support directly uh, these young heroes that you're hearing on this podcast. You can go uh, right to the foundation. It's a tax write-off for you, but it's a benefit to them. Uh, It goes right back into setting these up for them from scholarships for the program to live events. Uh, and uh, just goes to, to help perpetuate the mission, man. So appreciate you guys uh, giving consideration to all that. Today's guest is a man that uh, I've been friends with for a long time. I've had him on the podcast previously, but this is the first time uh, getting to have him on with the young men of Apogee Strong. His name is Danny Vega. He's a brilliant human being, uh, former uh, medical sales rep, and was highly successful there, but left to launch his own business. Uh, he and his wife are phenomenal entrepreneurs. They've got a really cool family. Um, they do a lot of things as a family. They have a million things going on. He just released a children's book as well. Um, he's just a man after my own heart, and he does a great job uh, mentoring these young men. So I think you're going to love this episode with Mr. Danny Vega. There we go. I've got a super handsome. I mean, all you guys are handsome. Let's just clear that up. But I got the the most handsome guest of the hour here, too, that I'm going to pin to the front. <laughs> There he is. What is happening, sir? What's up, man? Just meeting some of these guys. They're from all over Wisconsin, Chicago. Um, we got uh, Arizona, Mission Viejo, California. Yeah, man. They are uh, they are everywhere. We've got uh, a couple of our so like our guy in India is not going to be able to be here. We got a guy that's in like Dubai. We got a couple guys coming in from canada we got a couple guys in africa and we're in this like weird spot where they're all going into like these summer kind of these summer things so some of these dudes are on vacation and stuff so what's cool though is we do all this whoever can make it makes it and then um you know we record it and then we send it out this weekend you know and so um, they'll all be able to catch up and stuff too so yeah it's rad man it's so dang fun it's I so, didn't think it was odd because they told me that it starts as early as 11. I was thinking for some reason when I went to the website, it yeah. seemed like a little bit older. Like, But I guess 11, that means Desmond's ready for that next year. He might be ready to roll, dude. Yeah. it's And so, man, it really depends on the it's it depends on the person, right? We've got some as young as 11 that are just studs. And then we've got guys that are in their mid-20s, you know? And so, and it's been, it's been cool, dude, because... Uh, We've got, it's been so interesting and I'm, I'm sure this won't be anything that's necessarily that surprising, but we'll have, um, a bunch of guys like in their mid twenties that'll reach out. Right. And they're like, Hey man, I want to talk to you about this program. Like I want to jump in. I'm like, cool, man. So I'll jump on a zoom call with them and go, look, this is what's going on. We're rocking for a year. Like, here's how it's going to look. There's all these, there's these books, there's challenges, there's projects every single month. There's all this. And they're like, Oh for a whole year I got to pour into myself and it's like cool man if that's your reaction we're all good like we're all set like you know this isn't going to be a hand-holding operation by any sense of the word so it's like the those guys are harder to get yeah that's crazy it's crazy dude yeah it's nuts man so um but it is what it is what's the opposite of apogee tell them they need to he needs to apply for the uh (laughs) what is it perigee he needs to apply for the perigee program yeah absolutely (laughs) i can think of a couple words but i probably shouldn't say them (laughs) the bottom of the peak the bottom yes apogee means like peak yes sir you are correct yeah just choosing choosing to stay at the bottom huh and not even give the climb a shot I mean, that's that's really kind of the deal. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, dude, how are you, man? Man, I'm great. Kids are doing great. Yeah. Uh, this this uh, children's book is is done. The workbook, the parents' workbook is done. Now we're just going through the illustrative process, the publishing process. So uh, I'm super excited to get that out to everybody because I think they're going to get a lot out of it and working on an app. So... Dude. Just staying busy. Like yeah, you, yeah, like always, man. And I definitely want to get it. I want to give these guys some context of... For like all the stuff that you guys have been doing, kind of your you know origin story from athlete to you know to 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 coach and sales and entrepreneurship and all the different projects that you know you and the family have going on, man. I want to give them that context, which is rad. But that book, dude, that's that's so cool. Like it's so cool. So there's yeah. when there's things coming out like that, like that's where, especially within the Acton Network, as that's continuing to grow, 
um, whatever I can do to help push and support, especially to that network where we already know we have a lot of like-minded folks, um, say the word, man, you know, like whatever well, as we soon can as do. I, as soon as it comes out, I'm going to let you read a copy before you do that. Cool. And then once you, once you give it the stamp of approval, then you can do whatever you cool, do man. Magic. Oh man, let's do it. Yeah. That's, that's rad. So I sat down with, uh, uh, went to lunch with Connor Boyick. Uh, a couple weeks ago, love right? Connor, we had him on the podcast. He's yeah, awesome. man, he's a great guy. So he was in uh, he was in the Sacramento area, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm in town. Like, can we just grab lunch or something?" So we went and sat down, and so we're working on some stuff too for you know as Tuttle Twins. For those of you guys that are familiar with Tuttle Twins, Connor's the the uh, the author and, and kind of the brain power behind that. Um, and he wants to keep extending that series, go to older you know older and older students, and he wants to put together a. Uh, a history, kind of a history curriculum, if you will, that's very uh, kind of act and esque where it's like, look, here's the here's the scenario, right? Like, here's what went down. This was the specific battle, or this is whatever. Here's the here's you know, you don't memorize the details. Here's the story around it, and then it's gonna make it. We're gonna make this like a choose your own adventure. We're gonna put you in the middle of the story, and now you have got to make the decision. So before you find out how that went, what do you do? as a leader, what would you choose? And how would that ripple effect look? You know, like what history is supposed to be for? Yeah. You know, thinking through like, what are the consequences to these choices and these actions and how does that pan out and has it done it before? And and how has that worked there, you know, and, and all that. So it's pretty cool, man. That's so much better, man. It's just so, so much of a better application of what, what we're being told instead of just like memorizing the dates and missing the point. Dude, that's exactly it, man. That's exactly it. And there's so much, even just the, the Cuba thing. And I want to maybe go into that. In Oof, today too, I'm, I'm ready to go. I know you, you I know you are, dude. I know you are. <laughs> Me too, man. So, um, but let's start. So let's give these guys a little more context too, to, uh, you know, I mean, I gave them the, the brief intro and the email stuff too, but I want to give them your, uh, your X-Man origin story, so to speak a little bit. Oh, for me? Okay, so yeah, so my name is Danny Vega. I grew up in Miami, Florida. Um, my parents both emigrated from Cuba um, in the 1960s um, at different times. They had uh, fled the communist government of Cuba. And, um, you know, I was raised, you know, in a very tight-knit family and uh, taught the importance of hard work from a very early age. Mm. Uh, my dad told me there's a saying in Spanish is basically, if you don't work you're basically left of zero, meaning like you're negative, you're in the negative, you're, you're in the red. And um, so everything that I've done, I've, I've had that mindset. And, you know, my, my goal as a, as a young person, probably from as early as nine, when the minute I touched the football, until I was 17 years old, I was obsessed with playing college football. And um, I played at my, uh, Miami, Florida Christian High School, I was a leading rusher in Dade County out of all schools, uh, fourth in the state, and was recruited by several, you know, good football schools. But then Columbia University came, and um, I didn't know that they were in Ivy League. I didn't really know anything about them. I thought they were in D.C. because I thought, you know, District of Columbia. Yeah, for and, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just just getting to, to know about where Columbia was, what Columbia was, obviously, when I first learned about it. I was like, oh, this is where Ghostbusters was, was filmed. So, uh, was, uh, yeah, I was like, I I'm Sold. all over it. And, <laughs> and, you know, the ability to be in New York City at the time was just uh, very attractive to me. So I played football there. Um, I was Dean's List. I was my whole senior year. I didn't, I wasn't, didn't go below a 3.7. So applied myself, studied political science in a, in a place where I was told that I could express myself and explore ideas, but whenever I did, um, there was a, a lot of pushback. Like you could see the uh, the vitriol in the uh, in the markings mm -hmm. on my papers. Mm -hmm. um, but then I went on to the University of Florida to get my master's in human performance, which is an applied physiology program for anyone wanting to go either into athletic training, which is the people who take care of the athletes on the field, or go into strength and conditioning, which is what I did. I worked with the University of Florida football and then got a uh, promotion to work with men's and women's basketball, men's and women's tennis and men's and women's golf. And that led to me getting my job when I got my master's at Virginia Commonwealth University, VCU, and uh, was the head strength coach there for a few years. Left Virginia uh, at the age of 26 to chase money. Um, because I wasn't getting paid and, um, and went to Miami, back to my 
home ground, you know, my, my stomping grounds. And I did pharmaceutical sales for about three years, moved on to medical device sales, did that for almost 10 years and uh, learned about the ketogenic diet in 2016. And it reignited my passion for all of this stuff, which is really what I wanted to do my whole life. So when someone asks you what you want to do with your life and you, the first thing you think of, even if it's not a career path, it doesn't have to be a career path. You just start talking about the things that really get you excited. It was always something having to do with what I'm doing now. And, um, you know, the ketogenic diet was really what got me back excited with that. And within a year, when I realized how the world had changed, the landscape had changed where you can do business with people, you know, in India, in Czech Republic, in Australia, in New Zealand, I had clients all over the world. Um, I decided in 2017 that I was going to leave my job. I saved for a year. I quit my job in 2018 and really the rest is history. So now we have um, two podcasts that I that I do, which is a Fatfield Family Podcast, which we talk about everything from nutrition and fitness to parenting, education and mindset. And then we have the Low Carb Hustle Podcast, which is dedicated to the nutrition and fitness, but also, you know, we'd like to help people who are trying to break out of that mold and, and, you know, become low carb entrepreneurs, people who want to, you know, work in this, in this space. And so that's what I do now. Dude, do you guys hear, do you guys hear that litany of stuff? And did you're only like 40? Yeah. I just turned 40 this year. You yeah. just turned 40 this year. Yeah. So that, and that I think is like the, you know, Young people are looking for the path to success, man. We've got our uh, we've got our graduation here tonight, right? Which is why I've got a nice-ish shirt on. Um, got our graduate brunch, you know, earlier today, and then we got our graduation. And my entire commencement address tonight is on kind of that path and relating it back to uh, uh, the first commencement address I ever gave, and which was actually for San Jose State University. Right. So I had just done the first TEDx and they're like, hey, come in. And they're like, talk about something you think would be the dean was cool. He's like, talk about something that you think would be super uncomfortable um, for these students. And I'm like, cool, man, I think the most uncomfortable thing for a lot of people is is winning because winning demands consistency in, in what you're doing. And consistency is what people don't. That's why they don't want this program, because it's a year long. Right. That's why some of these 20 year old got like the, the, the consistency. So hearing your story and how you've done so many things to come back to essentially where you've always wanted to be. Like, I want people to hear that. Like, that's what, you know, quote unquote success looks like. Cause now you're happy. You're doing the stuff you want to do. And it was a long kind of route to get there, you know? And, and again, goes back to that hard work, man. I love that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that long for everybody. Sure. For all you guys. Yep. That's, that's the best part is, um, you know, part of the reason why it took that long, because I, I was in a position to do what I did in 2018 back in 2006. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, YouTube hadn't really started yep. all of those things. And it was it was my fear. And it was everything in society is going to try to pull you away from what you want to do. Yep. But just realize that as your life gets more complicated, as you get married, as you have children, that decision becomes harder and harder. Yep. I made it because I decided that it was because of people like you, it was because of my sons. I wanted my sons to say, mm. wow, at 36 years old, you can do this when you're the sole breadwinner and you know you have a mortgage and you have all the things that they say is gonna tie you down. And the last thing you wanna do is look back and be that person that said, Man, if I would have just done that, you know, and that's, you know, Goggins yeah. talks about that, David Goggins, yep. where imagine you get to heaven and God shows you the path you could have taken if you stopped being afraid and stopped holding yourself back. Oh, dude, you know, there's that's horrifying, bro. There. That's horrifying. Yeah. That yeah, thought can't, can't take it. is yeah. horrifying, you know, and so, and that's it. And I've done, you know, I, that's one of the, there's a million reasons why, you know, you're one of my favorite people on the planet, man, but there's so much, um, Similarity in terms of me leaving, kind of going down a uh, thinking out. I, I was like, okay, well, this seems like the safer route or the better route or the more prestigious route or whatever that is getting away from what I knew my DNA to be and then having to circle back and, and come back to that. I mean, that's, you know, that's a, it is, it's a hard lesson to learn, but if these guys go straight for that, man, that's a, it's a huge deal. Um, but the hard work part never goes away. Um, just so you guys are aware too. So uh, fat fuel family, low carb hustle for take it for whatever uh you know however you want to take it but 
I only subscribe to like five, I think five podcasts. I think five or six. There's some that I'll check out every once in a while, but there's only five or six that I subscribe to, and those are two of them right there. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, man. No, I'm to get my wife to listen to the Essential 11. I'm like, just look at this list of people because, uh, yeah, I love your podcast too, man. It's amazing what you've been able to do, and, and getting these kids involved is, is so awesome. It's been the best, man. It's been the best. And like I said, we're we're on the same kind of we're in the same kind of mission, and just going about stuff from from we're flanking from different sides, you know. And so it's yeah. uh it's a cool thing, man. So um, one of the things that that you were talking about, kind of when you were opening that stuff up, and so just so you know too, man, I'm gonna uh, we'll end up opening up. Um, kind of the Q&A to, uh, to these young guys too. Um, so, and, you know, I like to give them as much context as possible um, for 20 minutes or so, and then I just open it up, and these guys are going to have better questions than I will. Um, they're going to have more things to say, so it's great. Um, but one of the things you were talking about is exploring ideas. Those are the exact words you used, and that is another thing that, from an education standpoint, you know, we always say, good questions are infinitely better than answers because you're staying curious, right? That's how you're going to continue to grow and continue to learn. As soon as you think I've got this figured out, you're in trouble, right? A lot of times that's where it's a roadblock that, that, you know, you have a hard time getting over. I love the fact that you guys are always open to exploring ideas. You're open to exploring the things that nobody else wants to talk about. And that gets people mad at you Yep, for sure. But yeah. you, but you do that. Where do you think that? Um, where do you guys get that? Where do you get that strength? And, and I, you know, I, we know a few guys in our circle that are are willing to do that. Where do you and Mara find that? Where you're like, okay, man, we're just gonna throw it out there, and we're gonna it's gonna tick people off, but we're gonna go ahead and just talk about it anyways and see what people think. I think it starts with first with curiosity, mm. um, and you know, the curiosity is what gets you to that first point to where especially it may not be the most out there idea, yeah. but let's say it's just an idea that's kind of out there. Yeah. And what ends up happening is it starts with curiosity and you decide to go down that path. Yeah. But then what really starts to bolster your confidence in learning is that the more you learn, the more you realize how many things you've gotten wrong. Yeah. And that makes you more curious and that makes you say, Oh my goodness. Well, if I've gotten this, 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 and this wrong, then maybe I should look into this as well. Yeah. And, you know, we love this quote by Epictetus um, that says, you know, it's impossible to teach a man what he already knows. Right. And so we live in a world now where people think they know so much. Yeah. But if you just take a step back and ask them, okay, what you know to be true, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. And then you start to see that it's built on a very poor foundation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then if I know more about this position than you, and I'm giving you facts, then you start to see that your, your, what you know is really based on a belief. Yeah. And, yep. you know, I love the quote, belief is the enemy of knowing. Yes. And um, knowing comes from experience, but a lot of the time, and this is why curiosity is so important and, and going through this process over and over is so important because then you start to become comfortable with the idea of not knowing yes it's okay not to know for sure especially in public in public we always think we need to know yeah gotta have but the answer let me tell you you know in my experience the respect that i have for people the most respect is that person who i ask a question he stays quiet or she stays quiet yeah and after some thought says i don't know yeah i'm not sure yeah it's okay it is good Hey, it's okay. Yeah, that's the reality. There are a lot of things you there. You are gonna always not know infinitely more than than you truly know. I mean, that is so. It's so. It's preposterous for us to think that we're gonna know even a high percentage of anything. Never mind everything. Like it's it's a ridiculous thing. So I was listening to, and I had sent you a text after uh, listening to a recent podcast you had, right? And was <laughs> yeah. just like, dude. And so it was, so, dude, so fascinating. So in that topic, and I'm gonna surprise you guys with some of this stuff later. So I'm not gonna necessarily go into to which one that was, but I'm just sitting there going, man, I'm so fascinated because I truly don't, I truly know nothing on this topic. I, I know, thought I did. And uh, I didn't for mean, sure. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah. There was just the general, like, well, everybody says this, and they also say you're crazy if you think something different. So, I mean, I guess that's what it is. You know, it was more that. Like, yeah. I, I know nothing on it. And yep. so... It was so fascinating to listen to that man. So, um, and I'm and I'm working on on getting him to come in with with these guys too because I think that would just be an, a crazy good conversation. Um, totally agree. But there was a small piece that you guys kind of mentioned in there too that uh, that it, it just reminded me of of a, of a fascinating thing. So going down just my own research and my own rabbit hole, and we don't take any kind of um, in this program with Apogee, we don't take any kind of you know, we believe very much in freedom, right? So it's it's economic freedom, political freedom, um, you know, uh, religious freedom. Like it's it's freedom. My job isn't here, you know, to, to proselytize on anything but the values that we subscribe to, the Apogee Code. That's a non-negotiable. Um, but we've got people from all different, you know, religious backgrounds and everything that are part of the group. And, and we can have really good discussions around that because our rules of engagement on the discussion is what fuels the discussion. So these young men that are on this call will go at it in the most respectful, um, just high level way. Like it's just, it's, it's rad. It's so rad, man. So, but there was a piece of that where you guys were talking about, uh, you guys got into talking about God a little bit and, and, you know, we're talking about, uh, somebody had, had spoken to you about Jesus and, and, you know, the man that, and again, I'm not going into whether you believe in him or not, you believe it, whatever. But the person that we know of as Jesus, and you're like, wait a second, but his, we've been kind of enlightened to the fact that his name wasn't that. So it brought yeah. me, right? So it brought me back a couple years ago. I was asked to go speak at a men's retreat. I was asked to be the speaker there for five, so five different talks over the course of two and a half days at Lake Tahoe. And I didn't know any of these guys, oh, right? So go in there and there, and I had just kind of been going through this whole research and I, I started within one of the first talks, I'm like, is it interesting to anybody else that during his entire life, nobody actually walked up to him and said, hey, Jesus. Nobody actually ever said that to him. He never heard that name. Nobody ever called him. Nobody actually ever said that to him ever. Not only yeah. that, nobody there said the name to anybody, else. like the name historically, provably did not exist. Well, I mean, the J didn't even the come in didn't even the come 16th in. century or right. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. isn't that, so I just literally framed it as, I think that's fascinating. I'm super curious about that. Aren't you curious about that? Because if, you know, people are singing, there's no other name and, and you know, there's no other name by which people can be saved and there's no other, and we're saying oh, that, great. but nobody actually even called him that. Is that, isn't that crazy? And immediately, the whole place turned on me and they were like, we wish you weren't here. And I was ostracized for the entire two oh. days. I'm like, hold on, I'm just trying to pique your curiosity. This is something I'm learning and talking about. Shouldn't we be doing this? Shouldn't we be talking about this? Israel means literally wrestling with God. So are we not supposed to just wrestle with some of this stuff? And they're like, what are you even doing here, man? We're just here to have a good time. And, and like, you're here just to, you know, poke holes at things. I'm like, man. And I Quite think the opposite. And I think that's where most people live on almost everything. Yeah. Is in that is in that realm, you know? And it's a dangerous yeah. thing, man. It is a dangerous thing. Yeah. I, I was um I was just thinking about this earlier this week. I had a I had a really good story about this and I totally forgot about it. But it's it's exactly that. It's we have to oh, it was this. So you know, we accept things. If you're a scientist, I consider myself a scientist. Mm -hmm. We accept a lot of things. And I think we accept a little bit too much mm -hmm. um, because when we are given theories, theories have tested, we suppose that the theory has right. tested a hypothesis and, and, uh, and gone through that process, but a lot of the time they haven't. And so if we, for example, have a theory that suggests that this is how disease happens, mm -hmm right and then wouldn't you guys agree that if 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 that whole theory is based upon a premise that hasn't been proven mm -hmm. then the whole everything that follows makes it hard and so i started to dig into one specific subject where two people not in the scientific community had an interest in um in something in a, in a type of theory on how viruses are transmitted for mm -hmm. example 
and they found that there was no primary sources that would that the, that would suggest that a virus is transmitted in this way. Mm-hmm. And so if we're being told that this is what we need to do to block something from being transmitted, wouldn't we want to know how it's transmitted in the right. first place? And so those are the things that in life you really have to pay attention to because a lot of what we do, it's kind of like I say, hey, Matt, if I give you a million dollars and uh, if you have a million dollars and I give you another million dollars um, and this is the interest, you know, 5% interest, what do you have at the end of the year? And someone is going to do the math and then they're going to go ahead and uh, tell me what their final number is. And but I, then I say, but wait, did you have a million dollars? You didn't have a million dollars in the first place. So sure. all of this is it doesn't exist. Doesn't, it doesn't. It's not real. So we have to really like in life and, you know, test this with yourself, with things yeah. that you think it, you're going to see that you learn so much and you get good at it. Just yeah. like you get good at teaching yourselves all the things that you've learned how to do. You all have different skills. My son built a lot of skills last year during this whole situation. And uh, it gets really, you get really good at it. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you hone that skill and, and, and then you become, it's like a superpower. It is, man. It is a superpower. I love that, dude. Yeah, the challenging of the premise. I mean, that's exactly it. And you guys, you guys get that, man. If I came to you and said, hey, man, we got, you know, we got this guy, Danny Vega coming on. Um, I don't like him much. I don't have a lot of, right? I don't have a lot of respect for him. He's not a very good dude. Um, and you guys start the call with that being your premise, and then he comes on, and you can clearly like your feeling is different. Like it just causes all this internal issue, but you're because you're starting with this wrong premise, and so then yeah. everything else that's coming afterwards. You know, we work as humans a lot of times to try to fit. Like, okay. The premise was this guy's a bad guy. I'm listening to him. He sounds cool, but I've got to figure out a way to match it to this, what I already know of him not being a good guy, right? And it just, and it causes this incongruous, you know, train of thought. So again, that premise and getting back to the premise and everything and understanding why behind everything, uh, man, so dang important, man. Um, Yeah, I love that. It's really good. Guys, I'm going to have you start putting your, um, hands up. So if you guys have some questions, I want to throw it up. But um, as those start going up in the in the room, um, I just want to explore really briefly because we'll get into our Socratic and stuff in, in a little bit too. But um, everything going on in, in Cuba, man, from a personal standpoint, how are you? How are you doing? How's your family? You still got family, you know, being impacted? Like, what is that? What does that look like for you guys right now? Well, um, we have cousins who haven't, we haven't been able to get in touch with in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, we know that, well, we don't know, but we're very confident that they're okay because we're not at the point where everyone is being rounded up. Yeah. You know, that's not what's happening. It's, uh, it's targeting anyone who decides to speak up. So I, I know my cousin and I know she's not going to be doing that. But, um, you know, trauma is a thing that affects what we talk about, our whole outlook, you know, and our outlook, our worldview, it, it changes how we look at things, yeah. you know, and, and it changes how we act based upon this worldview. And so I have trauma that has been passed down to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have trauma from just growing up in Miami, knowing mm-hmm. everything that's happened, hearing these stories. And so um, it's it makes sense that someone like me Whenever I see something that is similar to that, I'm going to really push back really hard. Yeah. And for someone else who doesn't have that experience, it's going to seem weird. Um, but the one thing I will say is that the Cuban people have finally gotten to a point where it doesn't matter what happens. Mm-hmm. They don't care. You know, they've, they've said, you know, we, they, there's, there's all these sayings in Cuba. There's like, you know, it's not easy. That's like a saying that everybody says, it's not easy. Yeah. Everybody just says, Hey, such and such, you know, I only got this much eggs this month. It's not easy, you know? And that's what people accept. And it was kind of like reserve, you know, you're, you've, you've, you've reserved yourself to, to just accepting things. But when it gets to the point where cell phones are in Cuba now, we have virtual private networks in Cuba, mm-hmm. information is flowing more freely, then people really start to say, wow, everything that I feel about this is true. I, my, my intuition about there has to be a better way is true because I'm seeing it yeah. and I'm seeing people in different places, whether it's you know just window service or not, 
these people look free. Yeah. And and I want a piece of that. Yep. And finally, the Cuban people said, you know what? We're done with saying, hey, let's pick our paddle, our battles. You know, let's, hey, it's okay if, if gram, your grandfather dies in the hospital. He was old anyway. You know, they're, they're done with all of that mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it gets to a point where it hits critical mass and all of a sudden it's not just in Havana. It's all over the island where my parents are from. Both my parents are from the east side of the island. And now people all over the island um, have, have risen up. You know, people, thankfully, there have been uh, close to 100 military police who have left and have joined their brothers. Um, it's yeah. still, to me, it's a very complicated situation as someone with my, um, with my stances on, you know, um, politics and, and, you know, the way we yeah. should interact with each other. Because you also, if you guys have learned about the Hegelian dialectic already, you'll know that a lot of the time when there's this big problem and, and it affects a group of people, they're dying for a solution. Yeah. And in that melee, they're, they, they don't think clearly. And then you start to just receive the solution that's given to you. And so what I've said is that they do need help because they don't have weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that mean military involvement? I don't know because I don't know. Like the last time something happened that I thought I wanted was in 2016 when our last president was leaving office and he opened things up in Cuba. Yeah. And I, when I went to Cuba in 2018, I was I was excited to talk to the locals and see how things have gotten better for them, only to find out that things had gotten worse for them because they were being controlled in what they could do, the routes that they could go on their trips. And so it's never as easy as we think. And then also being from this generation, which is very different from the first generation of exiles. I grew up in the United States. I think to myself, why are we blocking things from, from going there? Why are we blocking trade? Because I think to myself, well, if we, if, if trade ensues, then ideas can move. But then when you realize the fact that there's such a control on what happens and that there's really no trickling down of what's being coming in, then your you know your stance becomes more nuanced. Yeah, and for so sure. I just think the people of Cuba are resilient, and I think they said you know we're 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 killed if we stay quiet. We're killed if we if we speak up. So we might as well die having spoken up. Yeah, and that's where they're at now. Freaking heartbreaking, man. Do you do you um, do you? I mean without going into all the similarities, I guess, do you worry that there is any crossover in terms of what we're doing here in the U.S. to some extent with with some of the way that we're going and kind of heading down some of that similar path? Absolutely. With with Cuba, the difference is that, you know, they they don't have, they never, no one has a First Amendment or a Second Amendment. Yeah, I agree. Correct. Yeah. So we're the only people with the First Amendment. Now in Cuba, the second you know, getting disarming them was the first thing they did in this country. They're actually going in order. They're starting with our freedom of expression. Yeah. You know, if, if I, the other day I commented something on Instagram and it was the word liar and Instagram gave me a warning saying, Hey, are you sure you want to post this? And then I changed the word away from liar and my comment went through. Yep. And so we're starting to see thought police. yeah, the thought police. And, and, you know, when you eliminate words, it's exactly what they did in 1984. That's right. It's the same idea. Like if you eliminate words, it's, it, there's almost a thought that if you eliminate certain words, then the thoughts that accompany those words are not going to continue. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They will not die. Uh, and uh. so um, I just think, you know, we have uh, now recent news that, that, you know, government is helping big tech um, and telling them which posts to, to uh, it's a very incestuous relationship, but you know, yeah. which posts that they should, they should hold back. And, and y- this matters for everyone. It, it matters for everyone because, you know, you may think, well, that doesn't affect me, but it's the noose just gets tighter and tighter yeah, and tighter. Man. It's just uh, incrementally, you know, you're blocking off this exit, you're blocking off that exit. And so maybe this, uh this idea or this cause that you're not passionate about doesn't make it does. It's not very important to you, but what happens when it's your idea? Yep. And so it, that's why the yep. principle always has to supersede, That's right. you know, 
what it is, mm. whether you agree with someone or not, you know, it's a beautiful That's thing. Right. The, the, the things that we say, it's not to protect only things that we want to hear. Yeah. It's, it's to protect everything. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I've had uh, Dave Rubin out here uh, a couple, oh, yeah, right? a couple times, great. man. So if we've done, you know, one event that we did here on on campus, and then uh, another event that um, he and I did over at, at Sac State, and at Sac State specifically, we had so many people out targeting him and yelling at him and coming in, and he was the most gracious guy um, in the world. And that was exactly kind of his message: is like, look, man, it's the principle of the whole thing, like feel honestly feel free to say anything to me that you want to say um is you know bad as it might be it's okay like i'm okay with that because i'm okay with the principle that you should be allowed aside from inciting violence and you know you should be allowed to say anything you want to say like that is what i'm here talking about um and that's what i i don't understand why people can't agree and that's that's absolutely it um yeah that thought police situation is crazy man so ryan mickler uh right great dude um so he called he's like hey man he called me on saturday he's like hey i want to do an experiment real quick will you you help me out on something so we had my wife go to uh follow him on instagram his wife went to go follow me and both of them got the same message of are you sure this is somebody you want to follow we don't have any kind of we don't have any kind of privacy settings on our on our stuff and obviously he's got a much larger following than i do but i'm on like ig jail it seems like six months out of the year at least um and our apogee program right now is on is in jail too we can't run any ads we can't do anything um because we're seen as you know we're told we are extremists um and we need to claim a political party and we said this isn't a political organization you know so um but both got that got that same message are you sure you want to follow this person they've been known to share extreme content or something like that that's unreal. I didn't know that that was happening. Horrifying. Horrifying, yeah, I mean, I know man. He was also shadow banned. And, and oh, yeah. you know, there's a uh, beware of beware of ordinances. Beware yeah. of mandates yeah. because they're not laws. Yep. And that is something where, you know, you you young men are are in a position. And this is why Matt and I share this. I get goosebumps because we both know how important you are, mm-hmm. how man. you're worth. You guys are, are worth a lot and you are, your energy is trying to be sucked out of you. Yeah. They're trying to suck your energy out. And if, if we have a, a, a first amendment that says that it shall not be, um, you know, it shall not be infringed upon in any way. And in a public space, for example, if I want to talk about a subject that's kind of touchy and I'm in a public place, for example, if I'm in the Milwaukee right now for the, uh, for the finals, and um, and, a, and a policeman comes up to me and says that I cannot use amplification because that's what the city ordinance is. How am I supposed to be heard in a loud place if I'm not using amplification? Yeah. And so the principle is the principle and the Supreme Court says that we can be heard. That's we right. need to be able to be heard. And so, so many of us just reserve ourselves to okay well time to pack it up and and go and there's a way to do this with respect for a fellow human being for someone who's trying to do their job Mm -hmm. but at the same time being firm and understanding that any illegal activity is only being done to scare you that's right and when it when it is illegal then you should stand your ground and 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 i hope that you know everything that you learn with matt and with tim and everything that you guys are doing you realize that these decisions matter because they add up over time. You know, you don't want to be the one that to say, if I would have just done this a little bit more and if a little bit, you know, if a few more of us should have, would have done this, then this wouldn't be the case. And so we're the ones who are telling you that maybe things are the way they are now, but they can be a lot worse. And maybe it doesn't take five years. Maybe it takes 20 or 30 or 40 years but you have to hold the line. You always have to hold the line so and stand true, for man. your principles and, and, and be guys, assertive. And these guys have so much more upside. I mean, just by nature of just the age in general, man. I mean, we've got, we've only got so much time and you and I, and you know, as now in the early forties, we've got X amount of time. These guys, the compound interest effect of the impact these young guys can have starting now. Um, and they're, I mean, just by virtue of doing this, they're doing so much cooler stuff than I 
ever even touched at the, oh my <laughs> gosh at this age you know so it's yeah it's that consistency man stay in the course all right i want to let you guys because i this is i love this man i could sit here and just have a conversation with him and, and just forget you guys are even there i don't want to do that so mr logan you are up sir the stage is yours thank you, sir. Uh, thank you for joining today yeah, i appreciate it I'll, and i was wondering i mean it's it seems a little it's a kind of like a different topic i was wondering from a fitness standpoint like where was um where was like the very start like how did you because i've heard a lot of people say like oh like the first couple weeks are the hardest mm. and stuff like that but i want to know like is like is that really true does it take like the same amount of willpower and strength to get through like the entire journey or is it like just the start is hard or something like that? great question that is a great question. It's going to stay hard always if you're doing it right. Um, the first principle that you'll learn about in, um, in weightlifting, which I think is applicable because weightlifting is, is dealing with putting on muscle and putting on muscle is, is synonymous with increasing your fitness. It's very important. It's something called progressive overload. Mm -hmm. And it's a principle that says basically for you to continue experiencing the gains that you're experiencing now, you have to always either add load, add repetitions, and so, but the most important thing is to have a long game attitude. And so you think to yourself, I'm Logan, by the way, that's my son's middle name, Dean Logan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to get things started. I'm not really working out much at all right now. And then I'm going to go straight into a five day routine, a seven day routine. It's a lot, you know, it's better to say, okay, start with small bite sized pieces and work with simple body weight movements. And, you know, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you're able to do push-ups, pull-ups, squats, things like that. That you'll you'll pick that up pretty quickly. Um, unfortunately, with something like a pull-up, it's it's just the the it's hard. Um, and when you stop doing it for a week, you'll lose strength in the pull-up. It's just how it works. Yeah. But it's because it's such a valuable exercise. It's it's not just your back muscles, it's your arm muscles, it's your abs. And so starting there and keeping it functional, making sure that your body's moving correctly. And then from there, you know, there's, there's guidelines, for example, the National Strength and Conditioning Association says that for, for boys, 13 to 15 years old is the proper age to start lifting weights. But that's not exactly accurate because you may be someone who sprouted up really quick and all of a sudden your dimensions, your, your coordination has, has fallen off because your, your limbs have grown longer and all of those levers have changed length. And so you may need to wait longer. At the same time, if you've been doing push-ups and pull-ups and squats and burpees and things like that since you were eight, you could very well be adding some resistance when you're 10. Mm -hmm. So um, it all, it's all you know, dependent on the, on the person. But the most important thing that Matt said at the very beginning is staying consistent. Mm -hmm. I, I have people that come into my life and I'm always willing to help them. And they come into my life for a season. It's three months. They, they get on in there, they get on that treadmill, the proverbial treadmill with me and they start working with me. And then at the end of that three months, they kind of step off that treadmill because they feel like, well, I've kind of gotten where I need to go. And and he's really not going to stop, is he? And so they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll step yeah. off for a few months and then they'll come back. And the difference is that I have periods in my life where I'm only able to get in there twice a week, three times a week. But no matter what, because of my consistency, I've built up this massive bank yep. that I can draw from that allows me to eat more because I have more muscle. It allows me to enjoy myself without feeling bad. It allows me to miss a workout without feeling like it's the end of the world mm -hmm. because it's a lifestyle. And so physical strength, physical um, endurance, physical just fitness is one of the first, if not the first thing that you can build that you'll see it's going to transfer into everything in your life. Mm -hmm. Because if you just have the uh, discipline to just say in the morning, hey, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do my three B's, I'm going to brush my teeth, I'm going to make my bed, I'm going to have my breakfast, and then I'm going to do a 15 to 20 minute workout. And you just move like that. And you just keep going. And all of a sudden you did five push-ups, and, and and then maybe you did you know put your knees on the ground and then all of a sudden you can do push-ups with your knees off the ground you know regular push-ups and you just keep going down that and hopefully you get some people to join you you know get your kids around the block they say they want to play well let's get our workout in first and then keep going um but yeah that's that's basically it because over time you're going to want to make it harder 
because that's just how it works. We, you know, it, it, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. Yeah. Great way to put it, man. Cause you've built easier. up that. That's great. Yeah. He's like, you know, like he was saying, Logan, you build up that bank, you know, and it really is. It's like a bank account, right? You've got, if you've got that giant pool of money, well, then later on, you're going to have a little more flexibility. It's going to be easier to, to, you know, use that pool of money to, to gain interest, to have other opportunities. But if you never built up that pool of money in the first place, right, you're always chasing after it. And fitness is very much in that, in that same regard. You're building up that bank right now as you're younger and um, it does, it gives you more, you know, it's the whole discipline equals freedom kind of deal. It allows you to go back to it. And I actually, so knowing how Danny is too, there was a couple years ago where I was like, all right, man, I was still being uh, consistent, but it wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be because I was traveling so much. I was doing 60, 70 keynotes a year and traveling all over the place. So I actually sent a message to, it was to Danny and then to our mutual friend, this guy named Jay Ferrugia that we'll bring on um, at some point too, man. And I just said, hey, man, uh, don't need a response. Just letting you guys know X amount of time. However, I gave myself like I need to get back to, you know, this specific level. And then when that time hit, I just sent them a picture and it was not for anything other than just like, man, I wanted to hold myself that accountability. But it was easier to get back there because I had been there for so long in the first place. Right? Yeah. It was easier to get back to, to that kind of level. Um, so, yeah, sage advice, man. Speaking of athletes, Mr. Pye Taylor. Thank you, sir. Uh, I had a question. You were talking about social media earlier. Um, it, specifically, you were talking about Instagram. Uh, my question is more under the broader spectrum of all social media. Uh, how do you implement social media in your life in, in mm. a healthy manner? Mm. That is great. Yeah. Um, you got to create non-negotiable rules for yourself. Um, and for me, those rules are pretty simple. I, uh, I cut off my social media most of the time, unless I have things going on at night. Um, I cut it off two hours before bed. Um, really in general, I cut off all my electronics about two hours before bed. Um, on the weekends, on Saturdays, I still check in with my clients and I'm still on social media on Saturdays, but pretty much on Saturdays and Sundays, I cut it off at 2 p.m. And for, for the rest of the day, it's time with the family. Um, and then the only other thing that I'll say, and this is coming from someone who last year, I, uh, didn't follow my own advice is, you know, and, and what you're doing right now is so helpful because, you know, we've lost the art of logic and rhetoric. Mm. And so when you exchange ideas online, the potential is amazing, yep. you know, because you can, you can learn so much from other people, but because of the way algorithms work and because, we create lots of these echo chambers. Um, the problem is that we we become less and less able to have discussions about things that are hard. Mm. And so all I would say is that um, you want to try to put yourself, if you're having a conversation with someone, put yourself in that person's position and try to just come at it from their point of view. The only other um, broad thing that I'll say is that I don't think any of us should be scrolling. I don't think there's really mm. any value in scrolling social media. Um, when I come in, I, I for example, I, I post my, my stuff mostly on Instagram because that's my largest platform. Um, it posts to Facebook. I don't really open the Facebook. You know, hopefully the people that enjoy Facebook will, will get something out of those posts, but I don't really go on Facebook. Um, and I really do not, um, I don't scroll. And I think mm -hmm. that's important because we have so many things in our lives already that are pushing us further and further into this, you know, perpetual ADD where we need to be stimulated and we become overstimulated. And so um, having some sort of rules for yourself is just so important. Man. You know, I play it like a game. You know, when I see that my, my time, my screen time went up last week and I'm not promoting anything, then that's a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. You know, what was I doing? This week is going to be terrible because I've been on social media like crazy trying to follow because I get my news from people on the ground. Yeah, it's really the only place that I could trust it. So um, but I'm glad you asked that because it's it's very, very important. Our our kids, our boys, we we've changed with that, too. We used to always say we didn't want to put any rules on them. Uh, but the, the addictive nature of screens made it so that now we have our rules are that, you know, there's no TV in the daytime. Um, there's no social media in the daytime in the afternoon is when things, um, things open up for them. But our dirty little secret is that in the afternoon, a lot of kids are getting home from school. So they're going to be playing anyway. Yeah. And, uh, now that it's summer, they're coming in at nine, 10 at night 
you know, yeah. literally after nine o'clock at night and they're not really getting on social media after that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, the less you, the less you do that, the less you become locked into this continual, um, dopamine, you know, just these hits of dopamine that just go over and over. There's dopamine is very effective and it's an awesome, um, hormone, but you know what else kicks up the dopamine is doing stuff. When you get stuff That's done, right. you check a box for something. Like I'm very big on daily checking boxes and getting things done. You get really good dopamine hits. So if you're a dopamine driven person, like I very much am, then um, that's another way that you can do it. That's actually healthy mm -hmm. and leaves you fulfilled instead of leaving you like, what's next? What did I miss? Maybe I should go back. What's, what else is there? Totally. And how much time did I, did I really just sit there and do that for three hours? <laughs> yeah. right like it's crazy man and we're gonna talk video games in a little bit uh today mm. too and that's a very you know very much we're along those same lines um and i think that scrolling principle man is so powerful and, and i'm not going to pretend like i've never gotten sucked into that because it can absolutely be the case but just like you i try to get try to be very intentional go on post something if you want to post it and and maybe promote it great like doing that um, there are people that I will intentionally go if I haven't seen anything in a little bit, I'll intentionally go to them because the information I get from them is is either uplifting, it is somebody I have a personal relationship with and very much value that, right? But the whole scrolling thing and just going through, man, it's like I, I would never I would never do that. I would never do that in a public setting and go out with my family and be like, I'm here with my family intentionally for you. But while I'm here, I'm going to go over and I want to hear what this person has to say about this. <laughs> and I want to hear what this random person has to say. And then I also want to hear what this random person and then, okay, stop now. I want to hear this random per Like you would never do that, but that's essentially yeah. what we're doing. And we're just getting sucked into that screen. And I mean, before you know it, you've wasted a whole lot of time going a whole lot of nowhere. Real, real quick, before we go to the next question, I want to yeah. say one thing because um, as young men, you are going to learn the importance of defending your honor. Mm -hmm. You know, we're big on honor. Yep. Defend your honor, defend the honor of those around you, defend your family. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that becomes even just defense in words. Mm -hmm. You know, someone is saying something to your wife or your girlfriend, you have to defend them. Yep. In real life, that's how it works. I've learned that in social media, it's actually the opposite mm. because the social media world is not a, is not a real world. And so just don't under don't don't think that you need to defend your honor online. It's actually a game that if you do it online, you actually lose. So that's my hundred percent of the time social media. Yep. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah, that's uh, um my gosh, man, you guys save yourself a whole lot of a whole lot of headache, a whole lot of heartache if you take that to heart, man. It's just yep. so good. All right, Zev, go for it, sir. Um, thank you for coming out, sir. Do you think that you playing college football helped center your life around keto uh, as a 40-year-old? Mm. That's a good question. You know, in, in college, um, my biggest thing was just trying to get as big as possible. And so it wasn't quite keto. It was just eat as much as it possible. It <laughs> Yeah, Edo. <laughs> I, um, I think for me... It's, it's unique because I've always been obsessed with this subject. So I've always kind of been interested in it. I do think that playing sports introduces you to the very important idea that food is fuel. Mm. So because you start to get a much better feedback when you eat something that's not good. Um, let's say you were going into, you know, your jujitsu class or, or something and, you know, you ate something last minute that just felt bad. You know now how you can't perform it at, at, at as high a level because you ate something that that wasn't really good for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where sports in general, not just in college, can be helpful because when you when you play your sport, you realize like what what you, your body enjoys, what what does good for your body and what doesn't. Um, but other than that, it's it's really just having those ideas that like food is fuel. It's not only fuel. We acknowledge that food is delicious and food also brings back memories, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those things. But at the end of the day, you know, on, on any given day, food is mostly fuel that's either going to help you perform better and think better, or it's going to bog you down and, and it's, it's going to kind of get in the way. And, um, and that's why keeping it simple, um, eating the things that you like, not, not having this obsession with needing to eat all these different things mm -hmm. uh, is important because as humans, we're the only ones that get overweight. And it's because we have these big old brains. We know how to process food and make it edible that we probably shouldn't be eating. Mm -hmm. And we eat all these different things. And because we introduce all these different flavors, we tend to overeat and eat too much of what's, what's not good for our bodies. So true. So good. 
How you like that, Zev? That was, a, that was a great response. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome, man. Kaleo Cardozo. Yes, sir. All right, Mr. Danny. So with the fat-fueled family, I understand that means that you guys eat meat or majority meat, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. and we're fueled by fat. Fantastic. Um, I was wondering what kind of effect that will have on muscle build exercise and then if you think that the average like body type and person could go on a diet like that and succeed that is such a good question i totally. love that question yeah, yeah these guys are amazing <laughs> so, man um you know there's a lot of stuff in life that we like to overcomplicate, but but when you look at it it's really not as complicated as we think mm -hmm. so for example i can go to an animal and i can eat the, I can, I can take its bones and I can turn it into a bone broth. And interestingly, what I, it's good stuff, right? Yeah. Um, what, what I get from that bone broth is going to make my bones strong. Go figure. <laughs> I can eat animal muscle meat, which contains the most important thing, which is the amino acid leucine, which gives us the signal for anabolism, which is to put on muscle. And so I'm eating muscle and go figure. I, I, I gain muscle. I can eat the animal's eyes and it's good for my eyes. You know, all of these parts of these these animals are giving us things that we reject for some reason in our modern lives. And then we go to the store and we buy the supplement that has that little thing, you know, treated in a, in a completely different way where your body doesn't absorb it as well. And we pay multiple times more. So, um, you know, we like the ancestral lifestyle, which is just meaning that ancestrally, we didn't we didn't have the ability to fly things in to where we live. You're in up in Michigan, right? No, sir. I live in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, I remember Wisconsin. So there's a lot of time of the year where you're not going to be able to have some of these crops. And so, you know, historically, you would have probably relied more on you would have gone, you know, ice fishing or you would have gone, you know, eating a little bit more fish that time of year. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be respectful of that because it, 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 there's a reason why that is. And so you see, for my, my boys, we don't really have we have some non-negotiables. Uh, but I think it's really interesting that both of my boys are off the charts in their height and mm -hmm. in their weight. I mean, you know, 75th to 90th percentile. And it's because our um, cornerstone of our nutritional house is built on animal meat. Mm -hmm. um, so we always say, eat your food first. Well, we call the meat the food because the meat is the food. The rest of it is, you know, pleasure. And we do get some things from plants. But um, I absolutely think that it's good. Now, if, if you be, let's say you decide that you want to really put on muscle and you want to become like a bodybuilder, well, bodybuilders aren't exactly like the most natural physique, you know, because they're, they're literally training to become mm -hmm. this very muscular person. In that case, you're going to need things that are not animal meat. You're going to probably need more carbohydrates because when you eat carbs, it increases a, a hormone called insulin, which is very anabolic. It's anabolic in the muscle. It's also anabolic in the fat. So, you know, you can get, but you put on weight and you put on muscle because you eat that. Uh, but for the typical person who wants to be healthy and wants to add muscle and is not in a huge hurry to get as big as possible, absolutely. I think that the best combination of, of, uh, benefits and specific trade-offs, for example, like sometimes you won't be able to do certain sprints as fast or certain mm -hmm. intense activities as fast if you're not eating carbs. But in those cases, you use those carbs as a tool. Yep. You know, you have some honey, you have some sweet potatoes, you have things like that. But absolutely, um, we, we really love the fact that our boys, you know, for the most part, they eat really well. Now, for example, yesterday, my oldest wanted Chinese food. And the rule in my house is that I'm not buying it if I if not a, if I'm not a fan. So my son had to pay me to go get him his Chinese food, um, and that's just how it goes. You know, he he can have what he wants, but I'm not going to contribute to it. Um, and you know, always understanding that there's no real morality attached to food. You're not a bad person if you don't eat the way I eat. You're not a bad person if you're eating suboptimally. You're just kind of not giving yourself the best fuel possible, yeah. and that really only affects you. Yeah, 
I love, I love that, dude. I love that you made him pay. I love that. <laughs> he didn't even, he didn't even ask. He said, "Listen, I got twenty three bucks." Yeah, here you go, man. Chicken uh, lo mein. I'm we're, like, get, All right. we're getting Chinese food tonight. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's great. And Cleo, and I think, I think a big part of that response too for you and and Cleo is a, a jujitsu stud too. Oh, so awesome. right, and so for you, you know, using kind of like what what you know Danny's saying, using those carbs as. Um, you're using it as a tool, right? You're using yeah. it purposefully because, you know, you want a little bit more of that explosiveness, you know, and, and as you go and as you're going into that. So that, I think that's a, a really uh, just a smart take on the balance between health and performance, right? And just always making sure that there's, that that is really where you're taking a look at the food from. Like you said, there's no morality attached to it, but you know, when you come at it from those regards of health and performance, how do I, how do I feel? Am I not getting sick? Am I getting all the nutrients I need? And am I able to perform the activities that I want to perform to an optimum level? Um, you know, I think that's that's a, a smart way to go. Right. Yep. Super good. Okay, guys, we want to do last. So, Fenley Steel, you are last one, sir, so we can respect Mr. Vegas time. Um, you are final question, sir. Okay. Um, so, my question is, so... I'm kind of getting the idea that you like to hunt and you can correct me if that's wrong, but I also want to know if you like raise your own food, like pigs or mm. cows or chickens. I wish I could do that. I absolutely wish I could raise my own food. If you have the opportunity to do it, absolutely. Um, the next best thing is what I do, which is I have a really good relationship with my local farmer mm -hmm. that he has, um, he has the pigs that I want. He has the chickens and ducks and goose, you know, and geese that I want. So I get, you know, eggs and dairy and pig from him. And then my local rancher is where I get a lot of my meat. Other than that, I get my meat delivered from a, a food uh, delivery service. That's a great service. But absolutely, I think hunting is something that if you have the ability to go hunt, fishing is awesome as well. But there's something different about hunting um, that, that it just you really do connect with your food better and you appreciate it better. Um, and then the only other thing I would say about that is, is don't be afraid to try different parts of the animal. Um, and, and just because it's out of respect to the animal mm -hmm. that died for me, I really am going to, and the knowledge that I, that I have of eating these organs, you know, eating these other bits and pieces that maybe some people don't like. Um, I think that's, that's huge. If I had the ability to um, not live in the cookie cutter um, place where we live, where we, we built here and, um, you know, we got seduced by the, you know, custom kitchen and all the things that we did, we can't even have a chicken coop. And so um, that's something. But if you can um, just understand, obviously, like raising cattle is a whole that's like level 20 yeah um but the best place to start would be in order of difficulty would probably be chickens followed by maybe goat after but chickens is one of those things that you can have you yeah. don't even need males you can just have yep. you know um hens laying eggs all the time and and you, you're not eating the chicken you're just kind of eating the eggs yeah. and they will give you food forever it's so cool, man. It's the best. I mean, that's and they're they're dumb as a box of rocks, but they're also kind of cool. And they <laughs> and they get. So I think we've got like 13, 14, 14 maybe chickens right now. Um, oh, it's awesome. great, man. And it's just it's like there's nothing nothing better and keeps everything stocked. You know, it's it's cool. That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, you're talking about the organ meats and stuff too. I wanted to tell you we've got one of our young, and I don't know if he might not even be back yet, or if he's gonna be able to oh he is on he is on here so trevor christopher is on here one of our uh, alpha squad members um trevor is a uh, is a stud when it comes to uh to food and to cooking and so he actually was just spent the week with hillary um, oh, and they awesome. just yeah so rad so trevor man lives locally here so not only did he get to get to go down and spend the week with hillary down there in in uh, Topanga, yeah, right. yeah you got to go so spent the week there and he's going to come up and help take over our uh our food program here on campus and for the other campuses that we are open and stuff too. So how rad is that, man? Super excited. That is so cool. Happy yeah. for you, Trevor, man. Especially if this is like something that you want to do and continue to do and grow. Uh, we need more young people to to get involved in not only that, but just to also educate others too. Yeah. So, yeah. Proud of you for that. That's awesome. 
yeah, it's so cool, man. So yeah, he's been he's been jumping out. He's been he was Alpha Squad member, so he was one of our very first members to to join this program. He's gone out and done um, you know did Sheepdog program with Tim out in Texas. He's down there with Hillary, um, kind of learning the ropes. Going to bring stuff back. He's one of those young guys that's just he's going to put everything into play, man. And and he's so much cooler than so much cooler than I than I was at his age. Uh, it's rad. <laughs> it's rad, man, dude. Um, Literally, you're one of my favorite people on the planet, man. Um, Ditto, man. Uh, just, you're just a, a great human. I cannot wait until I get back. I hope you guys can come to California someday. Um, yes. I wish I had a, a Florida trip schedule, but I got to get myself out back out to that Tampa area, man, so I can just come. I just want to come give you guys a hug, man. Oh, dude, we, I'll know? take you to Terragoucha. Oh, dude. Oh, we Brazilian will, Steakhouse. We will get it. We will get it on, sir. We, <laughs> we will do some. We will do some damage. Um, super grateful, man. Where? Uh, so we're going to link in because we'll probably run some stuff. So we'll link in everything. But I know I want these guys to know, um, you know, what what is the IG that, again, can give them the uh, the podcast. If somebody will put this in the notes as well on our chat so that you guys can follow along uh, with Danny and the family, that'd be great, man. So give them give them where to go. It's uh, so Instagram is at Danny Vega dot MS. That's uh, D-A-N-N-Y. V-E-G-A dot M-S. That stands for Masters of Science, Master of Science. Um, and then um, fatfueled.family is our website. That's where our podcast is. We have our blog. And if you guys ever want to email me and reach out and ask any questions, you can either DM me or it might even be quicker to, to just send an, send an email out to hello at fatfueled.family. Any, any question you guys got, I got all the time in the world for, for you young gentlemen. So Boom. reach out anytime. Fatfuel.family, bam, and you guys get, you know, again, that's one of the podcasts that I highly, highly recommend um, that you guys listen to as well. Man, super, super grateful. I got some other things that I want. I know I sent you a hat a little while back, but I got something else I want to send you guys too. So, oh, dude, I uh, rock the hat all the time. I too. know you do, dude, and I appreciate it. It's awesome, man. So, uh, so just super quick for you too. So, Josh Tyler, are you familiar with him? At all? So, runs, uh, he so runs familiar. the Savage Gentleman Company. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah, and so from, yeah. yeah, man. So, and so Josh, so I made those hats. I said Savage Gentleman, and then I was looking up like, hey, is there a brand around? And then Josh had built out this whole thing. Um, and so I think I reposted something that you did and he's like, Hey man, I love that. He's like, I love that hat. Like, I love the design. It's obviously something that we're doing. He's like, let's collaborate, man. Cause like you get, so it's, it's something where we're trying to put together, um, some more things. So it was cool, man. Cause he saw your post on, on that. Oh, and so awesome. it's always just a small world, man. It's just a whole bunch of good people, but, uh, it was cool. It was cool. I love it. Yeah. I love it, dude. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Um, I'm gonna run through Socratics with these guys, and then uh, I'll get a hold of you a little bit later. If not, maybe this weekend because we got a long day with the graduation. Um, as I want to make sure I can send you a couple other things too. So, and you always know, man. I'm I'm here for you 24/7, brother. You and the fam, whatever I can do. 100% mutual. Um, so happy for you, young gentleman, and I'm just really grateful that this exists for you guys. So, you know, be happy, be thankful for it, and uh, and get the most out of it. Dang right. Thank you guys. Give a big thank you to Mr. Vega. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, you, sir. Take care. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, brother. There you go, man. Give Danny a follow. Check him out. Check out the whole Fat Fueled Family podcast. Check out uh, their YouTube channel. Go take a look at Mora. Uh, more adventures and see what she's up to i mean it's just a, a phenomenal family man you can tell by the way he uh pours into these young guys so appreciate you guys listening uh thank you for all the support continue to let people know what we have going on and continue to support the young heroes in your life see you next time on the essential 11 see ya